Thanks for joining the Capital Church podcast channel. For more resources and to learn more about Capital Church, please visit our website at capitalchurch.co or send us an email at info at capitalchurch.co. I'm going to finish last week's message. Since Frank didn't do it two weeks ago, I didn't do it last week. We're going to finish it today. We're going to talk about corporate prayer and the power of prayer. So I want to, I want to first of all, I want, to, I want to read a vision of a friend of mine that took place many years ago. I want to read this in reference to the power of prayer. I was standing at the edge of an enormous dirt field that stretched in all directions as far as the eye could see. Somehow I knew I was supposed to go and work that field, that the owner wanted the whole acreage cultivated, planted, and prepared for harvest. I looked across that great expanse of earth to see if it was really as vast as my first impression, and indeed it was. In the distance, I could see a few other workers. Separated by wide distances, these workers were tending their respective patches of land with great diligence. Even though I thought I didn't have much of a chance of of succeeding, out of responsibility to my boss, I put my hand to the task of working a little spot of land. Maybe he would send more workers. I looked down and noticed that I was holding a small shovel. Now, something was written on it in tiny letters. I had to hold it close to my face in order to read what it said. Squinting, I made out the word prayer. That inscription told me three things, that prayer was definitely the tool to use in this field, and that something was lacking in the quantity and quality of my prayer life, and thirdly, and that everyone else in the field had the same tool as mine. Thinking that someday I might get a bigger shovel, I bent down and went to work. Just like in the movies, time lapsed and suddenly I was looking down at two tomato plants. One actually had a little green tomato clinging to its vine. The second plant seemed to have some potential. And I was already beginning to work a third plant. Aha, I thought, two and a half feet high. That's good progress. I was proud of my little plants, and I returned to my labors with my tiny prayer shovel in hand. Suddenly, I heard the deafening growl of a gigantic engine. I popped my head up, and there it was reverberating with smoke billowing from its huge exhaust pipes, the most enormous tractor combine I had ever seen. Not only was it impressive, it was also a little scary. I stared at the machine right there at the edge of the field, and listened to its engines roar. And by my quick calculations, I realized that what the others and I could not finish in a lifetime, this thing could accomplish in a matter of days. Just then, a jolly-looking gentleman poked his head out of the driver's compartment and called out to me, Work in the field? Yes, sir, I am. Need any help? Well, yes, sir, I answered. I actually do. Can this rig of yours plow? Oh, yeah, I can. How about plant? Yep. Fertilize? Yes, indeed. Water, too? Yes, it's really good at that. But I figured it probably could not do one thing, so I asked, can it weed? Yeah, it does that, too. Better get on board. So I did. Did Even though I hated to leave my puny little plants, I climbed up into the cab and joined the nice man there. Hey, I asked, who are you? His eyes twinkled. He grinned and said, well, the boss sent me. Well, I said, what, what is this thing you're driving? Oh, this? He patted the dashboard affectionately and replied, 
this baby is corporate prayer. Do you know God is harvesting the whole globe? He's harvesting for souls, and he's using corporate prayer to do it. It's a great tool. The word that I believe that we need to have in our arsenal is pray corporately. Um, corporate prayer is the most important prayer that we have. Now, you can't pray corporately unless you have a prayer life individually, and you have to develop that. But, pray, but corporate prayer is when we all come together, and we're going to do this today. When we all come together, we pray together to see what God would do. And we've, we've unfortunately made prayer into this personal, intimate thing, which it is, but that's not all it was meant to be. You see, we are to come together and harmonize in the presence of God. We've talked about symphonio, which is symphony. When we pray together, something happens in heaven. God hears our tune of prayer, and he answers. So we, we've talked about uh, scriptures such as Levit Leviticus uh, 6, which we're going to talk about in just a minute, but Matthew 18, 19. Matthew 18, 19 says, Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. I didn't write that. You didn't write that. Jesus wrote that. That's red-letter edition. He's saying that if we, if we agree, then we call on God, He's going to do something powerful. God wants to release the atomic power of prayer like he did in the upper room. He wants to shake some things. And there's something about agreement in prayer that intensifies its power. It's like reaching uh, critical mass. Have you ever heard of critical mass? Critical mass is what happens when particles around the core of a reactor, a nuclear reactor, gather into one great mass and there's an explosion. That's what corporate prayer does. When prayer reaches critical mass, an atomic explosion occurs in the heavenly realm and things change on earth. That's what happened in Acts chapter 2 in the upper room. They had a, a uh, critical mass explosion. And I, I think it's, it's important that we begin to understand the power that is in prayer together. Together. Everybody say together. Together. And, you know, if... A hundred people can build a church faster than one. And as we work together, we're going to see this in some of the points today. The, the Bible's very clear. If the church will not act, or if the church will not pray, God will not act. He has put the, uh, God, God, let me say it this way, God no, never goes over the head of the church to do what he wants to do because he already did his work. He asks us now to pray and deliver the will out of heaven to earth. You see, he has a will. He's already spoken his will. He's already spoken his promises. What we are to do is we are to bear the responsibility of prayer together to bring about the will of God on the earth. And he has turned, in other words, the enforcement of his will on earth over to us. It should be the main business of our, of our life. It was really quiet first service, and it's really quiet today. I just don't understand it. You guys so caught up with this Super Bowl stuff? No, I'm into this prayer stuff. Listen, this, this whole thing with, with, with corporate prayer, I really believe, and I'm going to give you some points to illustrate this, uh, prayer should be the main business of our day because the Bible says in, in, in Isaiah, it says, my house shall be called a house of prayer and then end it for all nations. For all nations. So we're here today 
calling on God. Now, let me give you an analogy to illustrate when we, when we join in corporate prayer. Uh, have you ever, uh, some checks, usually business checks, some checks require the signatures of two individuals to make them valid. One signature is not enough. Both parties have to sign. This illustrates God's method of operating through the prayers and faith of his people. His promises are his checks signed in his own blood. His promises. His part was fully committed or completed at Calvary. But no promise is made good until a redeemed man, you and I, or woman, enter the throne room of the universe and by prayer and faith write our name besides God's. We do that through faith and prayer. Then and only then are the check's resources released. That is really good. It is like the safety deposit box at a bank. You know, the keeper has a key and you have a key. And neither key alone will open the box. You go in there and the keeper takes his key and inserts it, and then you insert your key and the door flies open. And then you have available all the treasure that's in that box. That is the very same thing with corporate prayer. That's what we do. Heaven holds the key by which decisions governing earthly affairs are made, but we hold the key by which these decisions are implemented. We put them in together. Prayer is an overcoming reluctance in God. Sometimes I think, well, I just got to convince God that he needs to do this. No, once you understand God's will, you just pray that because that's his will. And then what you've done, you put your key into the, into the keyhole and the, the heaven's will will be implemented. Uh, think about this. No angel was ever invited to share the high privilege of prayer. Only redeemed men and women. Pray without ceasing. Human events are only a reflection or a projection of activities spawned and propagated by satanic armies in the invisible realm. What we are to do, I believe God has given the church power through corporate prayer to stop the enemy's advance. And we should not be afraid of them. We just say, Lord, I bind, in Jesus' name, I bind on earth this. And the Bible says, if you bind on earth, it will be bound in heaven. If you loose it on earth, it will be loosed in heaven. Matthew chapter 6, verse 16, verse 18 and 19. There are moments in time where God just comes and he wants to do something amazing. And I believe we're, up, we're approaching or on that time period. And I'm going to show you why in just a few minutes. Now, I want to talk about the mighty power of prayer. I have 24 minutes. Can you stay that long? The Super Bowl doesn't start till 4.30. Okay, so I'm going to give you some points. We're going to talk about it. Leviticus 6.12 says, the fire, I mentioned this last week, the fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must never go out. Each morning add fresh wood to the fire. That is illustrative of what we must do every day. We must put fresh wood on the fire of prayer so that it keeps the fire or the anointing going and it will never go out. And through then the agreement prayer, something powerful happens. We kick down the gates of hell. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Did, did you hear that? I, I like to hear some amens. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. You're the church, and the gates of hell are the authority of hell, but you have the authority of heaven 
let's do some work together through agreement prayer to see God move. Okay, let me give you, there's, there's eight points here. I'm going to go through them real quickly. I did four of them last week, so take this. Number one, agreement prayer moves obstacles by force. And when we come together in agreement prayer, something happens and it moves things by force. Acts 4 verse 30 says, stretch out your hand to heal and grant that wonders and miracles may be performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they finished praying, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to proclaim God's message with boldness. Now don't give me this, well that happened in their day, but I don't think it could ever happen in our day. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he's just waiting for a people who have faith and who will declare and open their mouths. I think, I'm going to tell you this, I think the church too, is too quiet. We don't say things enough. Uh, every, every, when you come to church, I'm trying to get you to pray, to sing, to testify. Everything you do is with your tongue. And when you do it, something happens to your heart because your heart only believes your mouth. And so when we do it, something happens. So we're going to do some of that today. But the first thing here, we have to understand, when we pray in agreement, we move obstacles by force. God begins to shake things. Secondly, agreement prayer uh, causes breakthroughs. It causes breakthroughs. There are breakthroughs that come because of breakthrough prayer. It moves us into amazing opportunities that, uh, that will just break forth in our community, in our families, See, I, I think that we need to be praying more for each other. I think we, if somebody has a, has a need for a breakthrough, then join with somebody and declare it done in Jesus' name. I don't think we have enough faith, and I don't think we pray enough. I wish you all had been at camp this last week, or this last weekend, to hear about faith, the power of faith. And I'm telling you, agreement prayer will cause faith to erupt and will cause breakthroughs. We need some breakthroughs. We sang that song today about breakthroughs, but we need some breakthroughs. You need some breakthroughs. Come on. And so we, we need to do that together in prayer. I, I don't think we ask each other enough, how can I pray for you? Number three, agreement prayer believes God is able. That, I love that second song we sang. What's, what's the title of that again? There is nothing that our God can't do. I think that's, there's nothing that our God can't do. Come on. So agreement prayer believes that God is able. Believes that God is able. Matthew 19, 26 says, But Jesus looked at them and said to them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. With a God all things are possible. We need to agree with the unlimited power of God, and we activate it through our spoken prayer. Got to speak it. And it was quiet in the house. Are you understanding this? We need to believe that God is able. Uh, a fourth thing here, uh, we, we mentioned this, and this is, I'm going to give you these eight points, and then we're going to do a few things. Agreement prayer targets specific requests. I think we need to get more specific. In, 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 instead of saying, oh, God, just, just uh, I just pray that you would move in our midst. What does that mean? If you had, a, if you, if you asked, if you brought a babysitter over and you said, "I just, I just want, I want you to have a good time with our kids, move wherever you want." No, what do you tell them when the, when when a babysitter shows up? I want them fed at this time. I want them in bed by this time. I want you know, you give specifics, right? 
If we want Jesus to show up, let's ask, let's tell him what we feel like he needs to do today. Lord, I pray right now, and you could pray this in your life, I pray that this week there will be a breakthrough in my business in this area of need, and just specify it. Or I pray right now that you would, uh, you know, John over here, he needs, he, he just, uh, he, he found out that he has this sickness, and I pray today that this week there will be a movement by your spirit, and this week he would see direct result of your healing touch in his life. Now that's specific. That's specific. We've we got to get more specific about things and, and agree with them. Uh, you know, for instance, Bob Grove, he's, he's facing a, uh, uh, treatments for uh, a, a cancer that he has, and I've been agreeing with him. All I, I text him or call him, and we agree in Jesus' name that he's being healed. Being healed. Now, and uh, Bob and Olive sit over here first service, and Olive is, is facing some uh, uh, cancer challenges, and we pray as much as we, we, we come with them, and we agree in Jesus' name be healed. Now, we don't, I, don't, I think sometimes we think that we only, we only need to pray when things are really desperate. I think you need to learn how to pray even for small things. Guess what? I pray for parking spots. I pray for favor when I go into stores. I, you know, I think we need to learn to pray for things. And we think, oh, that's not all that big. God isn't all that concerned. He's got angels all around you just waiting for you to say something. And they're getting kind of bored because you don't tell them to do anything. Come on. We've got to start praying specific prayers so God can move and do amazing things. I mentioned last, last week George Mueller. George Mueller was this great uh, Christian leader in England during the time of the plagues. And uh, he prayed that no plague would come into their, their orphanage and affect their, their orphans or their workers. And it never happened. They never had one sickness or plague occur. It's the same thing as was in Goshen. Remember the story of Goshen in the Old Testament? Goshen was the place where the children of Israel lived during the time they lived in Egypt. And when the, pla the ten plagues came, guess what? None of the plagues came into Goshen, only in Egypt. Do you know what Goshen means? I don't know, Pat Skin, what does it mean? It means drawing near. When you draw near, you come into the place of God's protection. God wants to provide around you a bubble of grace and mercy and protection, and we need to be praying specifically for those things. Even as was in Goshen, we need to pray that way. George Mueller prayed for the change in weather. I mean, uh, you have to have faith for that one. But he did, and, and the weather changed. The fifth thing, fifth thing, agreement prayer secures the victory. It brings victory. Remember the story in uh, Exodus chapter 17 where Moses was up on the mountain? Joshua was down in the valley to, trying to fight the Amalekites. Moses says, go down and fight them, and I'll keep my hands up, which illustrated prayer. As long as Moses had his hands up, they were victorious. But what happened? Moses got tired. He, you know, his hands were starting to fall. So Aaron and Hur came alongside, lifted up his hands, put him on a rock, and lifted his hands up so they could secure the victory. As long as we're praying, there will be victory. But what happens is, believers, believers get tired. And so instead of lifting up their hands in prayer, we accuse them 
of lack of faith. Or we judge them or we do whatever we do. No, we got to come alongside, lift our hands up, keep praying, and the victory will be given in the valley. Come on, people. This is good stuff. Okay, number, I'm going to skip number six. I'll come back to it. Leave a little blank there and I'll come back to it. Number seven, agreement prayer has tenfold power. In other words, when God, when you pray, God wants to multiply things. He wants to do things in abundance. God is an abundant God. He's a multiplying God. He's not a, he's not a lacking God. And so Deuteronomy 32, 30 says, how can one chase a thousand and two put 10,000 to flight? In other words, if one person is praying, you can, you can have victory. But if two of you get together and pray, there's 10,000. That's tenfold. That's my math coming out, people. That's tenfold. Ten times a thousand is what? 10,000. So you do the exponential notation on that, and you've got when three get together, it's 100,000. When four get together, it's a million. When five get together, it's 10 million. You keep going, people. That is the multiplied effect of corporate prayer. When we come together. Now, you can do things by yourself. You can put a thousand to flight. That's pretty good. But God wants us to do greater. He wants to bring that corporate prayer machine in and start doing things that will, that will change things almost overnight. So agreement prayer has tenfold power. Number eight, agreement prayer secures miracles. Let me just tell you something that I, I, I'm going to go back and just, just for a minute. This tenfold power, that was interesting because during the time, during the time of Charles Spurgeon, you probably heard of Charles Spurgeon. He had a great church. It was the Metropolitan Baptist uh, Tabernacle uh, during the 1800s in England. And uh, it was the largest, most influential uh, mission-sending church of, of that era. And you know what he did? He put down underneath the platform, in the basement, underneath the platform, he put what he called watchers. And they, they, what they would do, they would pray continually. In fact, they would have, they would have, uh, uh, they would switch. They would have, one group would leave and another group would come in. They'd have shifts of people. And they prayed. And they, they prayed and prayed and prayed. It was, the, one of, it was the most dynamic church in that era. They sent out the most missionaries from, from England because of their corporate prayer together. i got to tell you a story because that, that reminds me of something. Um, Connie and I were, were, were in Washington, D.C. during 9-1-1. And we were there. We heard the explosion at the Pentagon. We were there with all the surreal events. And uh, up until that time, I, I and some friends of mine had attempted to get the, the Senate and the House to pray together. I think they should be doing that now, you know, frankly. But the Senate and the House to pray together to bring corporate prayer so we could have blessing on America and protection. And I'll never forget this. We, uh, we have been trying for years. Nothing happened. But after 9-1-1, a senator came to us and a congressman came to us. And we talked to them. And they went to the Senate and the House and did a resolution. They call it a concurrent resolution. And they did a resolution that they would meet on December 4th, 2001, in the rotunda of the house and pray for America, repent, and ask for God's blessing. And we had attempted to do that for years. After 9-1-1, they decided they better do something. So they, they called the meeting, and the meeting occurred on December 4th, 2001, 
which is interesting because 200 years before that date was the very first date that a church had services in the capital. Do you know that the capital from 18, 1801 following was the largest church in the nation? They had three to 5,000 people showing up every Sunday in the rotunda of the, the, the Capitol building itself. And so here we have December 4th, they called the meeting, 250 to 300 senators and congressmen show up. And they were in the, in the rotunda and they, they were praying. Guess where I was? I was underneath the rotunda in the basement praying with 25 people. And we're praying for God's grace, his mercy, his repentant power, his, his anointing to come and bring America together. So we, we prayed. The congressman met. Dr. Ogilvie, who was the, speak, who was the chaplain of the, of the Senate, got up. And he, he said this. He had, the, he had the voice of God. If you Google Dr. Ogilvie and listen to his voice. That just Anyway, he got up and he said, who called this meeting? He didn't ask, he didn't ask for an a, answer he says God did and then they just explained what they were going to do for two hours they knelt and prayed they had a kneeling uh, bench where they would come and, and kneel and pray repent they repented and prayed for the for God to come and bless America now you wonder why no more attacks occurred against America it wasn't just because we have such great intelligence and military. I believe it was because God's people came together in corporate prayer, the leaders in corporate prayer, and I believed it saved America. We need to do the same thing again. Instead of impeaching everybody, let's pray with everybody. I need, you know, Democrats, Republicans, independents, let's get together on this. The Bible says, I command the blessing where there's unity. Can I, should I go and tell them that? Should, should I? So my point is this. If we set watchers in places of agreement, powerful things happen. We came up to the rotunda after they were all gone for two hours. I walked into the rotunda, and I, was, I thought I was walking into the Holy of Holies. The presence of God was so powerful. And I just, I had to sit down. And then we began to worship. Now, in the rotunda... Even if you have a bad voice, you sound great. And we began to worship God and call on his name. And it was, it was a powerful demonstration. Sam Brownback, Senator Brett Brownback at the time, brought us up. And we just had this powerful anointing that, that, uh, that occurred in that place. And from that came other strategies that we, we implemented at that point. The point being that we must set specific requests and call the, the corporate body to pray for it. Number eight, agreement prayer secures miracles. Agreement prayer secures miracles. This is a story of uh, Acts chapter 12, verse 5, where Peter was, was kept in prison. Let me read it to you. Peter was kept in prison. No, I'll just tell you. Peter was kept in prison, but prayer was made for him by the church. An angel was sent by God, hit Peter, told him to stand up, the, the, the shackles fell off, he stood up, he followed Peter out the gates, out the door, and the angel took him to the house where they were praying for him, corporate prayer. And so he knocked on the gate, and this, I think it was Rhoda or somebody, came to, the, came to the gate and saw it was Peter. She goes running back to tell everybody, Peter's here, Peter's here. You know what they said? This is great faith. 
He said, it must be his ghost. Isn't it funny? We pray for things and then we don't believe it happens when it happens. No, it was Peter. Their prayer had been answered. Corporate prayer caused a miracle to take place. We've got to have faith, believe for it, and then stand with God and see it happen. The last one, I'm going to go back to number six, and then we're going to do some things here. Prayer, agreement prayer uses faith declarations. We've got to say prayers. Prayers aren't thought. Prayers are said. And the church has got to get a lot more active in our, in our, our praying statements. Agree, agreement prayer forms a partnership with God that employs the prayer of faith as we open new doors, we shut old ones, and we release supernatural power into, our, our, into the now of our life and into the future of our life. We need to say, God, I'm believing because agreement prayer speaks faith in the face of impossible situations. Mark eleven twenty four. 24, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. I mean, that's God, that's Jesus saying that. Again, that's red letter. Why don't we just simply believe the word? So, I gave you eight points. We're going to do this one. I'm going to put nine proclamations up there, prayer proclamations. We're going to say them about ourselves. We're not going to do about, it's not going to be about anybody else yet. We're going to say this about ourselves. We're going to proclaim God's word over us, proclaim what the word of God says about us, and we're going to believe that this prayer that we pray, nine prayers this morning, will be effective and begin to work in us. Okay, so put your notes down, put your Bibles aside, and stand to your feet. We're going to say this together. The whole church, we're going to say it together. And these, these are going to be corporate prayers. Now, watch this. Corporate prayer can be this way when we put something up and we all say it together, or corporate prayer can be this when I get with, with Shanna and Scott and we pray about something. That's corporate prayer. We agree. Or corporate prayer is when we all get together in a church setting like this and we pray for something specifically, which we're going to do in a minute. That's, those are all corporate prayer things. Are you with me? So we're going to do this one first, okay? Nine of them. We're going to say them together. If you don't have faith after you get done with these nine, come up here. I need to anoint you with oil and, and speak God's word over you, okay? Let's say this together. We'll start with uh, proclamation number one. I am surrounded by the Lord of hosts and by the hosts of heaven. Angels are all around me, and the glory of the Lord is my rear guard. The Lord protects me, and his angels will not allow my feet to slip. I release angels to watch over my family, my loved ones, and my possessions. I will walk as a sign and wonder on this earth. I live in the realm of continual suddenlies, God surprises, signs, wonders, and miracles. Living in the supernatural is the biblical will of God for my life. I will overflow with the miracles of God. Every one of my gifts will be activated, mature, and effective. I will be fully equipped by the grace of the Lord, and I will be an instrument of righteousness in the hands of God. I will continually have clear 2020 vision and insight. The Lord will anoint my eyes with eye salve, and I shall see with eagle eye vision from heaven's perspective. The Lord is my light and my salvation. He will help me to see traps, snares, and setups that the enemy may have placed. I am more than an overcomer. 
Every single God-ordained destiny door for my life will be open and remain open by the hand of the Lord. The keys of the kingdom are mine. I close every single demonic door of distraction, confusion, and disillusionment, and I open the doors, windows, and gates of heaven over my life. I live in an open heaven. I break every single curse of witchcraft and soul tie and any spirit of jealousy and envy. I break off any kind of evil that has tried to attach itself to me, my soul, my family, and my destiny. I am free in Jesus' name. Every single generational blessing will manifest in my life. No evil thing shall have any hold on me. Ignite the fire of first love within me every single day. May my heart burn with love toward you. And may my heart be tender, brokenhearted, and sensitive to you, O Lord. I am a lover of your presence and a true worshiper. I am your child, and there is nothing that can ever separate me from your love. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate me from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I am your watchman, O Lord. Help me to pray your assignments and pray until something happens. Anoint me with the oil of intercession. I will pray the prayers of Jesus, our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Wow. You just prayed God's word over you. Now, if you don't feel some faith, I know you do. It's coming, isn't it? Okay, place your hand on your heart. Father, we just seal this word. The prayers that we prayed, we say, Lord, let them be real in us. And every day, let us continue to pray God's purpose in our lives. Let the promises of God be yes and amen. Lord, we're praying for divine impartation in Jesus' name. Now, I want you to do this. I want you to lift your hands to heaven, and I want you to pray for your family. Now, we prayed for you. Now, I want you to pray. Now, you have to pray out loud. If you're not comfortable with praying as loud as you sing, at least whisper it, but you have to say it, okay? Every time you pray, you have to say it. So pray over your family. Pray blessing. Pray encouragement. Pray strength. Pray healing, all of that in Jesus' name. I'll start up here and I'll just keep praying. You pray for your family. Father, in Jesus' name, I declare a Lord of grace over my family. I pray blessing and healing. I pray encouragement in life. I pray open doors in favor and your goodness to, to settle upon us. I'm praying right now that the families of this house will be blessed of God beyond measure, that there will be a multiplied effect in every family. Healing would be a part of our portion. Lord, your grace would cover us, and you would move in every family in this house. We pray this in Jesus' name. Lord, we receive your blessing and favor. In Jesus' name.